Rock, the musical, lands in Newcastle July 18th. Get ready to stick it to the man with the ultimate musical thrill ride based on the legendary film and with a rockin' new score from Andrew Lloyd Webber. School of Rock, the musical. Book now. Live at the Civic Theatre, Newcastle, 18th and the 20th of July. He's handsome and smart. A true blue Jets and Knights fan. A part of Australia's Hollywood royalty. From General Hospital to Occupation Rainfall, NCIS LA to All Saints. Newcastle Live Radio's very own Novacastrian in Hollywood. It's time to cross to LA to catch up with Zach Garrod. And it is the last time that we will be catching up with him from LA for a little while because he's coming home. It's getting closer, Zach. It is getting... It's about 24 hours away, actually, Tracy. And uh, (laughs) thank you for reminding me I should pack some underwear. You probably should, yeah. Underwear, make sure you've got some fresh underwear because, you know, you never know what happens. As long as as you've got fresh underwear, everything is okay. That's right. All is well in the world if the Reggies are fresh. Crucial. <laughs> <laughs> so you get on a plane uh, tomorrow. Obviously, you arrive here on Wednesday, is it? Uh, Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday morning. Beautiful. Uh, you're on the, uh, let yeah. me guess, you're on the, the, the 11 o'clock or whatever it is out of LA, 11 o'clock at night, and you're on the 6 a.m. in. Is that the, that the flight? That sounds fine to me. It's 10.30, <laughs> and as long as we touch down sometime around breakfast time, I'll be very, very happy. Oh, beautiful. Uh, one thing... Alison's very keen for an Australian breakfast. Oh, God so that, love that's, her. One, that's one very driving factor. Okay, <laughs> that's most one. important, most important. Yeah. Uh, look, um, how are you feeling? Obviously, this is the first time you've been home um, in, in 12 months. Um, how's it yeah. feeling? Are you, are you, is it feeling different to last time you, you went to come home? Oh, well, it's, I mean, it's incomparable. I mean, mm. last time, oh, 2020, uh, I, I, I was... We had Christmas, and then I was on the plane two days after, and it went two weeks quarantine. Mm. So... That, that period of time, you left a very maudlin, somber, kind of morose, very challenging Los Angeles mm. for a very comfortable and warm embrace of Australia, mm. um, you know, even with the two-week quarantine, which is pretty pretty cruisy by, by all yeah. comparisons, I've got to say. Um, it was a pretty, uh, it was a very comforting, very warm, very welcoming experience. And now it just sort of feels like everything's back to normal. And that's kind of nice, yeah. I've got to say. I mean, obviously, the pandemic is still quite serious and infections have been increasing in L.A. County as they, as they have in Australia, too, I've noticed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still, it's still a very present part of our world, but it is, uh, it is a very different situation overall. Are you, um, are you being told to wear masks on the plane or that's all gone as well? No, from what we checked, the, the pre-check-in for Qantas is uh, they basically said, let's just jump on the plane. Mm. I think coming back to LA, you've got to have proof of vaccination, I think, mm. coming back into LA. But other than that, it's just sort of leaving people free to make their own choices. Easy. Now, it's been a bit of a crazy week over there between... Uh, oh, my be- goodness. Between <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Elon Musk and, uh, and the midterms. <laughs> wow, it's been a bit crazy, hasn't it? It's, it's wild. I know you and I, when we talked last week, the, the midterms was, were quite, casting quite a long shadow over the Biden administration. Now, I, I just want to revisit something that we discussed last week. Remember when we talked about the editorial in the Newcastle mm-hmm. Herald and how I, I found it kind of, I thought, a little bit curt, a little bit alarmist in some ways, you know, with the way that they, they, they source some of their information. Um, and I just want to clarify, the midterms rolled out very much in line with a, with a, with a, a statistic that the Herald printed where they said 70% of Americans thought the country was on the wrong course. 
Now, what they didn't contextualise was that that is less... Well, it's not necessarily not to do with the Biden administration, but that has a little bit to do with the Biden administration and things broadly across the United States. Healthcare, education, wage gaps, um, un- uh, not, not, sorry, not necessarily unemployment, but um, uh, women's health, women's rights, with Roe versus Wade. They're the, decisions, they're the things that feed into whether people feel the country is going in the right direction or not. Now, the, the midterms unfold in the most incredible way. Six Democrat attorney generals were voted into some of the state, state positions. Attorney generals who ran on a platform of codifying Roe versus Wade. Five different uh, propositions were put forward from various states. It was uh, Vermont, California, I think New Hampshire had policies to enshrine Roe versus Wade into their constitution. They got up emphatically. Kentucky put a vote forward asking its people to vote on whether abortion should not be protected in the constitution. So it's a strangely worded proposition, mm-hmm. but it basically said, do you think protection should not, uh, abortion should not be protected in the constitution? It was voted down, 53 to 47. So in Kentucky, they voted in favour of protecting abortion. So across the country, this is how it unfolded. Mm. So that 70% statistic the Herald cited about the country being in the wrong direction, this is what we were talking about last week. And that's exactly how it unfolded. Now, on top of that, the Dems, I mean, there was a lot of conversation about the red wave. Now, there was uh, some, lots, some lots of caveats. Yeah. Lots of it. I mean, a lot of people were expecting the Dems to be swept. Not even close. They didn't get within cooey of them in some seats. Now, the, there's a really important point I want to hammer home here. The Republicans, mostly emboldened by Trump, put some candidates up with reprehensible histories. In Wisconsin, in a district in Wisconsin, a candidate was put forward who was at the January 6th insurrection. They were there, and they ran on that platform. Their policy was, I was there on January 6th. I think the election's being stolen. I think America is rigged. We need to fix this. That's how emboldened they were. That candidate ran in a seat in Wisconsin, a congressional seat up for the House. Uh, against a Democratic uh, incumbent who was holding the seat by 5%. That's how emboldened the Republicans were. They thought they could turn a seat that was being held by a Democrat by 5% with someone who bragged about being at the January 6th insurrection. Didn't get close. The governor of New York, uh, the, the current governor of New York, whose name currently escapes me, uh, Machu, Matau, I can't remember. Uh, Macau, I think. But uh, she was, there was a lot of questions around mm. her incumbency. They put someone up against the, against this against the individual against the sitting governor, the incumbent governor, who again ran on a platform of Trumpism. They were defeated emphatically. In Pennsylvania, a guy called Joe Mastriano, who is uh, Doug Mastriano, sorry, who again ran on a platform of election denialism, um, you know, uh, Trumpism, quintessential hard right GOP policies, ran against Joe Fet- uh, Joe Fetterman. Uh, sorry, no, Josh Shapiro, mm-hmm. who was the Attorney General of Pennsylvania, and they ran for the governorship. Shapiro swept the floor with him. So across the board, all these hard-right nominees who were endorsed by Trump were defeated emphatically to the point where the Democrats gained a seat in the Senate. There is a Georgia runoff coming up, but it's more likely they're going to win Georgia. They, they caught Nevada yesterday um, when Cortez got up in Nevada. They have the Senate, and there's, there's a pretty, there's a distinct possibility they may get the House as well, wow. which makes Biden the most successful incumbent president <laughs> since the 60s. That I is mean, just mind-blowing, uh, isn't it? 
it, it is staggering. So again, going back to that Newcastle Herald editorial where they said 70% of the country said we're heading in the wrong direction, this is what we were talking about. Now, the Biden admin has issues that need to be resolved. Yeah. They'll go hard on January 6th now. They'll probably go pretty hard on Roe versus Wade. They still have problems with the Supreme Court. They still have issues in other places. They were, they, they were hammered in Florida, but DeSantis won his race by about 14 points there. Mm. They weren't necessarily hammered in Texas, but it, they, you know, it's still looking... Some parts of Texas, apart from Austin and other places, as you know, Trace, are emphatically GOP. But what they did make was ground in Ohio, where they took the state house, and Pennsylvania, where they took the state house. So, and they ran a pretty dodgy race in New York State, where actually the head of the Democratic campaign committee lost his congressional seat. But that's probably necessary, because they were buying back into a few sort of throwback, I think, uh, antiquitous pursuits by really focusing on Florida. Now, the new school of thought is, let Florida go, let Texas go, mm. focus on Ohio, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Nevada. It's really interesting. I mean, the the, the spectre of uh, of Trump has been over this this midterm election. You know, he was out yeah. there saying, you know, we're going to win so much, we're going to be sick of winning. He really, it appears <laughs> as though, other than Florida, it appears that he really has lost that uh, that base of support. It's it's turning on him in a big way. We're now in a quite a vicious cycle for the GOP, Tracy. Now, DeSantis will be the presidential nominee. Mm. However, he God, ran scary. The populism on the yeah on the back of Trump. Now, DeSantis is, of course, he, he said in his victory speech that Florida is where woke goes to die. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It, I still, <laughs> I, that, I. Term, that term woke, I still can't quite grasp. I have no idea what it really means. But if he's looking to, you know, to incite some, some, uh, <laughs> some uh, I think, Maleficent from Disney and others, then he needs to keep this up because he was already in a massive fight with Disney. But all he's going to do is just further isolate a lot of big corporations that lean into things like which are pretty basic in society, like protecting minorities and ensuring that people who are marginalised are not so. So it's, it's common sense, really. Um, but DeSantis is running on this sort of, you know, bit like um, soundbite campaign, very similar to Trump. However, Trump has been unleashing on him on social media, dumping on him colossally, uh, trying anyway to undermine trust in DeSantis and also DeSantis's legitimacy. Now, he said something really strange on, the, on his Truth Social Network. Trump said that in 2018, when the gubernatorial election was, on, was, going, was happening, there was a county in Florida that DeSantis needed to win to win the governorship. Now, Trump said on Truth that he, he uh, sent the FBI and the Attorney General's office down there to stop the vote count to ensure DeSantis won. Now, it's raised several eyebrows because everyone said well hang on if he's done that then he's admitting to a crime he's admitting to manipulating an election mm. and if he didn't do that why would you even say that it's really really strange so we're probably going to enter this phase now where the fight for the presidential nomination of the GOP is going to go pretty close to tearing it apart because McCarthy was Kevin McCarthy was convinced he was going to be head of the house there's no guarantee of that Mitch McConnell was making noises today about retiring as minority leader of the senate so you're talking about stalwart leadership in the GOP leaving. And whenever that happens, you have this vacuum, which can just be, uh, can be completely destructive. 
No, it's uh, it's also been a crazy week for uh, for our Mr. Musk over there. He's just he's had an absolute debacle of a week, um, as we know. An, an imposter account posing as uh, the pharmaceutical giant um, Eli Lilly and Co. Um, registered under the new revamp, revamp Twitter thing. They basically yeah. somebody put out that uh, that. Um, Di- from from here on in, people are going to be able to get their diabetes medication, their insulin for free, and all of a sudden, it, the price just dropped on the share market. Now, it, this is only one one issue, one of the things that has happened over there. He's got some serious, serious issues with credibility going on. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, he took over Twitter with this idea of allowing the inmates to run the asylum, to use a, a labour analogy. Mm-hmm. But that's, that was essentially what he wanted to do. He wanted to sort of just have a free-for-all, chaotic space. And for what reason? I don't know. It's got to make money somehow. But all he's doing is driving away corporate interest. Mm. Um, now, with Eli Lilly, the, the, they, they sell insulin, obviously, obviously over here. And insulin over here is about 96 bucks, I think, for a, um, for a prescription. I don't know what the measurement is uh, per application, but it's about $96. In Australia, it's $6.95. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's cheaper in Australia. It's cheaper in Australia to buy insulin than it is to buy some coffees here in Los Angeles. Wow. So... Yeah, Bernie Sanders got on there and had a chip at Elon, had a chip at Eli Lilly and said, "So why don't you guys just make it free? Just make it free for people so they can live." Then Elon Musk replied to Bernie Sanders saying, "Well, you know, in 1923, when when uh, first invented, it was very cheap, but now it's more expensive to make." And then, of course, he was he was fact checked by his own company, Twitter, <laughs> put a fact check on it, saying the United States is the only country in the world that charges that much for insulin. And every other country in the world basically subsidises it, like we do through the pharmaceutical benefits scheme. So it's it's just it's total it's total nonsensical chaos. And again, the most predictable thing that could have happened, the most predictable thing. I mean, I don't know what he thought he was going to get out of this. I mean, Lockheed Martin were impersonated. Yes, Lockheed people put tweets up under Lockheed Martin. Coca Cola uh, uh, had tweets come up under their name. Nintendo had it happen as well. Now Lockheed Martin and Eli Lilly. Both took a hit in the share market because of it, because people couldn't tell the difference. But that's the power of Twitter. That that's the power of, of a statement going on like that. When Trump attacked Boeing, I think it was, oh, in twenty, no, it was Lockheed Martin actually, in twenty sixteen, their share price dropped when he was criticising the F thirty five fighter project. Their share price dropped when Trump tweeted about it. Now these are these are fake accounts. Someone spent eight dollars for it and wiped millions of dollars of value off the stock market. And how can that happen? You know, you're supposed to go through the authenticity when when you pay your eight dollars. Obviously, if you pay your eight dollars, you can do whatever the hell you want. That's exactly right. Now, the, the biggest problem here was the, was the, was the identification factor. Because traditionally, when you start the account, you take a photo of a government issued ID, your, your your identification is verified, and then they say you are the only person in this account. Anyone else under that name is also is, is deleted, basically, for impersonating you. Now, <laughs> Tesla. Tesla, someone started up a fake Tesla account and ran it as if Tesla was putting out all these things. They said our prices, our sale prices are burning through the roof, much like some of our Tesla models, things like that. So they hammered Tesla, and then Elon, Elon Musk had to put out a statement saying, oh, look, from this point on, if tweets are not specifically labelled parody, your account will be nullified. Dude, come on, this is exactly what you were going for. So again, he's happy when it happens to everybody else, and as soon as people attack him or Tesla... Doja Cat actually had a crack at him. Uh, we were saying that she couldn't change her name, and then he helped her on Twitter in an interaction, and then she changed her name to Elon Musk and started tweeting all these disparaging things about him. It's very, very funny. 
You know what? It, it 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 would be funny and it would be hilarious if it didn't have such a serious side effect to it. You know, it's it's that's the problem. That's that's what's really really sad. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time, my friend. You enjoy uh, enjoy your time. You're up at Universal Studios today. You're obviously you, you, I'm what, here right now. What are you yes, doing I'm up there? By minions. Oh, minions. <laughs> my Good. Best mate. Yeah, <laughs> my be- my best mate uh, came to town to visit with his family. Oh, so, beautiful. Um, that they had it. They're going to New York uh, in the middle of the week. So um, they stopped over here on their way through. So they're, their little kids are six and four. So oh, it's their first trip to Universal. They yeah. will be having a great time. So Uncle Zach's just uh, showing them the, the ropes, is he? We're having a great time. We're getting them all hyped up on sugar than handing him back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sounds wonderful. You travel safe. Um, send us some photos uh, that you're leaving and then that you've arrived. And uh, I can't wait to chat with you we'll next do. week. Looking forward to it, Tracy. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. That is uh, Zach Garrett joining us from LA for the last time in uh, in quite a few weeks. He'll be uh, joining us from right here in Australia. Yo, with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is, why it matters, and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.